This is the Eat.News podcast, powered by Back of House, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we're taking a look at a recently released survey from the National Restaurant Association showing the impact of Omicron on restaurant operators, plus what many say is an imminent need for a restaurant revitalization fund replenishment. We're also talking about the fallout from the Supreme Court vaccine mandate decision and a daring drone rescue. It's Thursday, January 27th. I'm Claudia Sarek. In today's top story, we discuss the results of a new survey released by the National Restaurant Association and a possible restaurant revitalization fund replenishment. For more details, we go to Back of House reporter Grace Dickinson. Hi, Grace. Welcome back. Thanks, Claudia. Happy to be back. So the National Restaurant Association recently polled 4,200 restaurant operators. What were some of the main findings that came out of that? Yeah, so the survey touched on two major topics here. The first was the toll that Omicron has taken on restaurants and also the need for a replenishment of the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. In terms of Omicron, a full 88% of operators reported declines in on-premise diners due to Omicron. And more than 50% said they had to reduce hours. Wow. As a result, more than three quarters of operators say that business is now worse than it was three months ago. Yeah, and this is on top of nearly two years of pandemic challenges that restaurants have already had to face. Yeah, so it's to no surprise that 62% of operators say their restaurant accumulated additional debt since the start of the pandemic. And a majority of restaurants haven't seen a full recovery of sales yet. Plus, three-fourths of operators say that guest counts continue to remain down since 2019. These numbers obviously solidify the fact that restaurants are continuing to struggle even in 2022. Yeah, I mean, operators and industry leaders are now calling on Congress for federal funding. And the National Restaurant Association survey data, it was actually released in a letter to Congress on Monday that was pleading for lawmakers to replenish the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Mm -hmm. This was the fund that back in spring of 2021, it actually allocated $28.6 billion in federal funds for restaurants as tax-free grants. But out of the restaurants that applied, only one-third received funding. Wow. In that survey by the National Restaurant Association, they found that nearly 50% of those restaurants that missed out on a grant don't expect to survive the pandemic without additional relief. Well, that's disappointing, and we will certainly be keeping a close eye on where this is all headed and where we land. Thanks so much for joining us, Grace. Thanks, Claudia. Moving to other news, last week we discussed the Supreme Court's overturning of the Biden administration's vaccine mandate. And now we're beginning to see some of the ripple effects in the industry. After indicating it would institute a vaccine or test mandate for all of its employees, Starbucks has changed course, announcing it will no longer enforce such a mandate in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling. We'll be watching to see how other major restaurant groups proceed with their vaccination policies in the coming weeks. The vaccination news comes as the coffee giant's union elections are drawing increased attention. Locations in Boston, as well as Richmond, have joined the ranks, meaning the National Labor Relations Board now has filings, or intent to file, in upwards of 30 store locations in more than a dozen states nationwide. As discussed previously on Eat.News, the unionization push began last year in Buffalo, New York. 
Wine distributors are pulling out the big guns to lure millennials into sipping more fermented grapes because, according to the latest wine industry report, without them, the wine industry is looking bleak. The problem? Sales may be booming for baby boomers, but the 20 and 30-somethings opt for spirits, craft beers, and hard seltzers instead. The report states bluntly, the lesser interest in wine among young consumers, coupled with the encroaching retirement and decreasing wine consumption of wine-loving baby boomers, poses a primary threat to the business. Don't be surprised if you see a wave of wine marketing directed at a younger demographic in the months to come. In other beverage news, Canna Technology has unveiled details of what it's referring to as the world's first molecular beverage printer, and what one investor called the Netflix of beverage experiences. Think of Canna like a soda stream on steroids, with specialized cartridges capable of replicating a massive array of beverages, from soda and coffee to wine and hard seltzers, without the need for single-use containers. While the product is intended for the home market, it's easy to see the applications and potential implications for the restaurant industry as well. Expect to see more details and demonstrations in the months to come. 7-Eleven is making a major push into home delivery, announcing the launch of its new delivery subscription program. Now available in more than 14,000 locations, the 7Now Gold Pass allows members, for $5.95 a month, to have more than 3,000 items delivered to their door sans delivery fees. This essentially means if consumers use the service once a month, it's paid for itself. Slurpee enthusiasts rejoice. Finally, while we talk about the advances made in food delivery technology often here at Eat.News, this time it actually saved a life. When a Jack Russell Terrier named Millie became stranded in potentially dangerous mudflats in England, a rescue team used a drone carrying a sausage to lure the pup safely to dry ground, representing a win for both tech enthusiasts and animal lovers everywhere. That's all for this week, folks. Bye-bye.